Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is episode number three of the Midlife Crisis Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Whalen, part of the Part Chop Sports family here in Matawan, New Jersey. Dave Sturcio is here to help me out, uh, making sure I look good, sound good. Thank you all for my friends and family who reached out uh, after the first two episodes. Uh, it was uh, encouraging to hear. Thanks for uh, Coach Hurley to spending time with us. And I think that it was uh, definitely a great conversation. The conversation continues today. Uh, people are buying Alababo. I'm selling Alababo. So uh, Coach Lowe was overlooked on it in the game and changed the game of basketball, especially on the defensive side. My next guest was selected to once again, was also selected to the Basketball Hall of Fame. His legacy is the same conversation as wouldn't erupt. Just to give you a, his resume, it might take you 15 minutes, but you know it'll be an exciting guess. Five national championships, six gold medals as a U.S. coach of the, uh, of the U.S. men's national team, nine national players of the year, six defensive players of the year, 10 consecutive top AP poll finishes, 12 national coach of the year honors, 13 final four appearances, 14 ACC regular season appearances, 15 ACC tournament champions, ACC uh, champions, 28 lottery picks, 36 tournament bids, 38 All-American selections, 69 ACC tournament wins, 68 NBA draft selections, including 42 first-round picks, 101 national uh, NCAA tournament wins, 127 weeks ranked at number one in the AP poll, poll, 535 ACC wins, 575 weeks ranked in the top 10 of the AP poll, 668 weeks ranked in the in the AP poll, 1,129 victories at his school and 1,202 career wins. It's my pleasure to introduce the one and only Coach K. Mike Krzyzewski. So I appreciate you uh, having a few few moments here, but I'll just start off with, uh, you know, Coach Knight passed away. Just talk a little bit about his um, relationship with you. He recruited you at West Point, and then you're also an assistant in Indiana. Just talk a little bit about him and his legacy. Yeah, well, Coach Coach Knight was really one of the great coaches of any sport of all time. Uh, you know, one of a kind, uh, a champion. Uh, and the collegiate level, an Olympic champion, and really a great teacher of the game. I, uh, I'm not sure anybody did more clinics around the country to help and the way he ran his summer camps. And for me, yeah, I was uh, uh, with him at Army when he got started and uh, was his point guard and captain for a, couple, for a few years. And... Uh, after my military service, <clears throat> he gave me the opportunity uh, to be a grad assistant. Uh, I was in Indiana for a year, and uh, I learned so much from him and uh, really one of the great coaches, but also one of the great teachers uh, of the game. And you were assistant on that 74 team, I guess they went 31 and 1. And grad assistant. Grad yeah. assistant. So, uh, I mean, and that, that had to be a great experience for you. And you lose to Kentucky, but that probably made the 1992 victory a little more sweeter uh, for you at Duke. Well, they, they actually, those two Indiana teams should go down as two of the greatest teams in the history of our sport because the team that lost the one game, that was when Scott May broke his wrist. Oh, yeah, sure. And, uh, and uh, again, oh, there are a number of teams over the history of our game that sustained an injury late 
or during the year where a key guy was knocked out. And, uh, but you know, that run of two years was almost as close to perfection as it, as it can be. And I actually thought the 31 and one team was a little bit better because you had, uh, Steve Green, Laskowski, you know, it was deeper. And <laughs> the next year's team was pretty darn good, too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. But, but uh, two great, two great, great teams. And uh, uh, it, just to watch how they did things and how Coach prepared them uh, was, uh, was an amazing opportunity for me. Transferring back to uh, West Point, uh, you know, you're from Chicago. You had the accolades. I think you were uh, leading scorer uh, for two years, made All-State in the uh, Catholic, Catholic League. Uh, you're, I guess from doing my research, you were considering Creighton, Wisconsin. How did you end up at uh, uh, West Point? And then, you know, coming from an immigrant family like your, your parents, that had to be like – a, a a very proud moment for the Shashevsky family to, to be yeah well the, the coach Knight came in late my senior year he was actually recruiting uh, a really good player at Loyola Academy uh, uh, who was in our league and uh, when he was recruiting Gene Sullivan their you know great coach said you should take a look at this Shashevsky kid at Weber High School. And so he came in and met with me and my coach and then with my parents. And uh, I'm not sure that I, I know I didn't want to go, uh, especially right at the beginning uh, to West Point. But my parents, their, their parents came from Poland and uh, they just said, uh, you know, you this is where presidents go. And I said, <laughs> I said, Mom, I don't want to be a president. I want yeah. to be a point guard. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. But I followed their advice, and yeah. I, call it the, I call it the best decision I never made. Yeah. And then your class, I mean, you, you don't really think about it. You were at – everybody thinks of you as a Duke coach. You went to West Point. But you went there. They had the Vietnam conflict going on, and, and right. you know, 68, huh. you, right the year before you're graduating – you know, they up, you know, Johnson and Westmoreland, they up the, you know, I think they, they call for 500,000 troops in, in Vietnam. So how was it like going to West Point at that time? And, you know, a lot of your classmates probably got deployed over there as well. Right. And, and uh, or upperclassmen when we were freshmen, the class of 66, uh, I was class of 69, you know, they're in 66, 67, those guys, uh, so many of them went over. A number of my classmates went over in their first assignment, especially if they were infantry and uh, that one of the branches. I was field artillery, so I, I was assigned to field artillery school and then Fort Carson, Colorado, and then uh, was on orders uh, in late 71, to Vietnam and then they were uh, pulling out during that time or downgrading and yeah. and uh, my orders were changed to Korea. So to be quite frank with you, I was fortunate uh, not, not to go. And a, a number of my classmates died in Vietnam yeah. and, uh, and certainly a, a good number of them served. Yeah. So God bless yeah. them for their service. And thank you for your service. You know, in November, it's a salute to service month, but thank you for your right. service. But 
after you did the year at Indiana, now you get the head coaching job at, at West Point. I think, uh, um, you know, just tell your experience. Uh, well, actually, let me backtrack. I, when you're a player at West Point, Coach Lababo, I'm originally from Elizabeth. You know, he made his – I was reading Bob Knight's uh, biography, and he mentioned it. I, I've heard conversations in the back from, you know, from my uncles, my father about Lababo. Right. But, the, but then seeing it in print, I kind of did some more research. But, you know, he's kind of like an unsung uh, you know, sure. person. Uh, uh, you know, he doesn't really get the accolades. You talk a little bit about Coach – Low at, at and how did you know Coach Knight find him and then how he incorporated at at West Point? Yeah. Well, you know I don't know how they found one another. I do know that Coach Knight had deep respect for coaches older than him who uh, were proven uh, great teachers, uh, great winners, and uh, Coach Low was older than him and uh, really was a legend in high school basketball in the state of New Jersey. And uh, one of the great defensive coaches of all time. And uh, I was fortunate that I played when Coach Lowe was on the staff and uh, he would drive up from New Jersey whenever I would see the Cadillac parked (laughs) outside the field house. I said, this is gonna be an even better practice because he, he worked with the guards a lot, and uh, Coach Lowe, I loved them, and uh, he and his wife, and they, uh, uh, he really taught the game well, and I, he had a different personality as a head coach. As an assistant coach, he adapted to, you know, really uh, uh, work with Coach Knight and use their, both their person, because if he did his personality as a head coach, mm. that very much the same for fiery competitors. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but as an assistant coach, he uh, he just taught the game so well. And I mean, how how lucky was I uh, to spend that those years uh, learning from uh, one of the greatest coaches of all time, and also one of the greatest teachers of all time, and Coach Woe. Yeah, and then he incorporated the ball, you man, oh, he, yeah. and that that's kind of. But did he commute from Belleville to yeah. Jersey every, every day? Like up, to, I mean that that's yeah. I can't imagine in you know the '60s that being an easy commute. But the, he, he yeah, I don't. He, I'm not sure he came up every day, mm-hmm. but most days. Okay. And uh, no, he commuted. You know, he wasn't going to live in the barracks. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he had responsibilities uh, in New Jersey. I know during the summer they ran a big swim club. And, uh, I mean, they were he – he was well-established uh, reputation-wise and everything in, in New Jersey and uh, had, had this amazing rep, but it wasn't a national rep. It was more for, uh, for that region and especially in the state of New Jersey. And – do you think I, I talked to Bob Hurley a couple episodes ago? He said he kind right. of changed the game uh, on the defensive side of the ball, but he's not really. Do you agree with that statement as far as cha- what, what he what he? Yeah, you know, for me, I, I don't know the chicken or the egg, or yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, exactly. So uh, when 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 all that is established, I do know that uh, uh, he. He implemented defensive strategies at the high school level 
that were way ahead. And the, the ball you man concept when you were off the ball, help side defense, you know, different terminology and uh, really made, you know, the term man for man is a misnomer, really. He, uh, he made it team man for man where five guys moving as one. And uh, a big thing for him was movement as the ball moves. Okay. Don't move. Don't wait till after the ball moves. Move as the ball moves. So it was a very uh, much a coordinated uh, defensive scheme. And then after your time in the military, you did the one year at Indiana, and then you got the job at West Point. Did you right. and Coach Lowe got the job at uh, – Fairly Dickinson, were you ever still in contact with him at all? Did you play him at all when you were at West Point? Or? We didn't play him. Uh, we did not play him, but the, yeah, we stayed in contact. He was a good friend, and uh, uh, the uh, you know you could yeah, he was a very upbeat guy, okay. funny, yeah. yeah, really smart, you know, really smart, but a a, a very good people person, and. Uh, uh, so, no, I, I kept up a relationship with him. Man, and just transferring to your time at Duke, you went to West Point, and now you got the job at Duke. I mean, both educational institutions, but, you know, different type of players going to go to West Point, go to Duke. Uh, did you have a hard time transitioning, trying, like, the first couple of years? Obviously, it's, you know, you, you got to get your legs on anything. Did you have a hard time transitioning from the West Point? You know, you're kind of – in. I wouldn't say indoctrinated, but you're in that military mindset. Yeah. A lot of things you took from that you implemented, but, uh, you know, how was it when you started at Duke? Yeah, well, it's a different level. And so the main thing that you're changing is uh, really two main things. One is recruiting. You you have to recruit a, a higher level talent, more higher level talent. And, uh, and, and uh, to remember, there weren't guys going early then. You know, you, 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 there were great players there for four years at sure. the schools you were competing against. And uh, the second thing is that you got a lot more help off the court. At, at West Point, we did everything. You know, we <laughs> we painted our bleachers, we laid carpet, <laughs> yeah, and, so, uh, yeah. which was good. Yeah. With yeah. That that made you appreciate. Yeah. Uh, but uh, at Duke, to let people help you, uh, uh, so that you could concentrate on on coaching. But no, there's a there's a transition period of uh, of a few years uh, to learn. And thank goodness I had a an AD and a president who understood that because uh, uh, we were like 38 and 47 my first three years. And then we won 24 games, and and then it was off to the races. Yeah. And then what kind of team or what kind of player or what recruiting class kind of turned turned the table, like got you on that on this trajectory of the establishment yet at Duke? Yeah, well, you need a you need a, a high level of talent. Uh, Johnny Dawkins' commitment to us was was huge. He was the first McDonald's All, All American and a. Uh, you know, really ended up being a lottery pick in the NBA. But that class with Mark Allery, uh, David Henderson, Jay Billis, yeah, sure. uh, Weldon Williams, and to bring Tommy Amaker in the next year, they were not only really good players, 
they were good students and they were they were young men of high character and uh so our program then got established with talent and character and those were the type of young men we looked we looked for for my 40 years after that yeah i mean 42 years at duke and you know john shire took over there was always a conversation who was going to succeed you because you had ample amount of coaches out there you know, right uh and you know how do you how is it the program now i mean i know it's kind of reestablished itself but do you no it's no we're in good shape we had you know uh all the guys that work for me, I wanted them to want to be head coaches and, and they were constantly being trained whether they were going to be the head coach here, uh, but they were going to be a head coach somewhere. Uh, whenever I was going to retire, the guy who was my top associate head coach would, would have been the best suited for the job because uh, our, our program's different. It's not, it's a big brand. It's not just basketball. And John was with us for eight years, sure. in addition to four years as and a national champion. So, you know, John was more than ready, and he's done a an outstanding job. And so, uh, and well, we're always thinking of succession. Yeah. You know, that, that's my military background. Yeah, sure. And then he just got the number one recruit, you know, in, in the nation with uh, Cooper Flag down in. Kevin Boyle down at Mount Vernon, so he's he's you know is still continuing to build that foundation. He's got to come back to New Jersey though. He had yeah, it's been Oracle, Al Nabi, Hurley, Zubek, you know, Jay Will. Uh, you no, know, we had uh, uh, every guy I recruited from New Jersey uh, helped me become a better coach. I'll tell you <laughs> that. So, but uh, just to close it out, coach, I know you're giving me a couple couple minutes here. Um, what are you doing now? I know you have the Sirius XM show. Uh, what else? You, and you're also involved in the Jimmy Veen Foundation. What are you doing in retirement to kind of keep your, uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a lifetime contract at Duke. I'm, <laughs> I, I work for Duke mm -hmm. and pretty much do what I did as a coach, except I don't recruit or uh, coach anymore. But uh, I work as an ambassador for the school. I have my same office, same office staff. Uh, I do a lot of speaking for the Washington Speakers Bureau all over the country. I'm a professor at our Fuqua School of Business, and uh, I advise now for uh, for the MBA. And uh, so I got plenty going on. I got ten grandkids who live within ten minutes of me. So, oh geez, I'm, I'm not I'm not lacking for things to yeah. do. Yeah, are you hosting Thanksgiving at all? Is everybody coming to your? Your house. Not everyone's yeah. coming to our house. We uh, actually, two of our daughters are away with their families, okay. Disney World and uh, and in the mountains. But uh, one uh, of my nice. daughters, one of my daughters was kind enough to have us come over to her place. So okay. uh, uh, we'll spend time with uh, Debbie and her family. Okay. Well, listen, Coach, thank you very much for the time. It's been, you know, this is a, a real, as a basketball a kid who grew up in the 80s watching ESPN and watching your teams throughout, you know, I kind of, you know, Duke basketball is, is you, left, thank you. you left your mark on the game up there with Wooden and Rupp. So I just want to say thank you. And thank you for taking time out of the day before Thanksgiving to speak to me. And, uh, you know, thank you for your service too. Uh, and, you know, and everything you did. And uh, I appreciate the time. And if you could tell John, thank you. Thank you for me for setting this up. I yeah, no, it. it's a, a pleasure to be on and happy Thanksgiving mm -hmm. to you and your family. All right. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. And continue success.
All right, this concludes episode number three with uh, Coach Mike Krzyzewski, Coach K, for joining us. Thank you for his time, day before Thanksgiving. I want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Also, I want to uh, thank John Jackson for, for Duke University setting up the, the interview. Uh, this is a great opportunity having three Hall of Fame coaches in the first three episodes. I hope I can continue this, uh, this trend. Probably not, but uh, I'll be optimistic. Try to tell your friends about this episode, like, share, and subscribe. This episode was on Chop Sports, part of the Chop Sports Family Network. Also, feel free to contact me via X formerly at Twitter at Whalebones. Thank you for listening, and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family.